Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and heard a powerful story back in 1940. Professor Edwin Orr of Wheaton University led a group of theology students to England, where they visited sites of great revivals. One of their stops was the Epworth Rectory. The rectory now serves as a museum, but it was formerly the house of John Wesley, the famous reformer who led a wave of spiritual renewal in the 1700s and founded the Methodist movement. As a man of prayer, Wesley interceded for revival to sweep through England and spread to America. Dr. Orr pointed out two warm places on the carpet next to John Wesley's bed where the man knelt for hours in prayer each day, just crying his heart out for revival, crying out to God. As history tells us, that's exactly what happened. Heaven broke in and revival broke out. As the tour concluded, the students loaded back up on the bus, and like any good professor or teacher that goes on a, a road trip, uh, a school bus tour trip, uh, Professor Orr noticed that he was missing a student. So he returned to the house and eventually located the one lost student in John Wesley's bedroom. He was kneeling on those worn impressions where Wesley had fervently prayed for revival. The student was repeatedly pleading on his knees, do it again, Lord, do it again, Lord, and would you do it again with me? Placing his hands on the young man's shoulder, Professor Orr said, Son, it's time to leave. Everyone's on the bus. The student slowly rose. Then that young man named Billy Graham joined the rest of the class, and through him, God did it again. You know, today and tomorrow, I want to talk to you about do it again, Lord, do it again. Um, you know, whether it's John Wesley or whether it was Billy Graham or even back 2,000 years ago, the prophet Habakkuk, I think we all want to see God do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, as Billy Graham prayed out. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, the prophet Habakkuk says, I have heard all about you, Lord, and I am filled with awe by the amazing things you have done. In this time of our deep need, begin again to help us as you did in years gone by. Show us your power to save us. Friends, I mean, I know there's so many of you listening today. Uh, I hear People, they reach out to me through email, uh, through our Facebook Messenger, on Twitter, uh, just sharing their stories. And, uh, man, I know a lot of people that here in Central Kentucky and even listeners that we have across the nation, internationally, just saying, you know, I just want God to show up again in my life and to do it again. And I'll ask you today, I mean, aren't we all just tired of just reading about the great moves of God in the past? I don't know about you, but I want to see God move powerfully and supernaturally in our day here in 2023. I believe that God still hears. I believe that God still delivers. I believe that God still heals. I believe that God still speaks. And I believe there's nothing God wants more than to do it again and again and again. Do it again, Lord. The question is, is whether we will humble ourselves as followers of Jesus in prayer towards that end. So what if we all started doing like Billy Graham did or John Wesley did? 
or Habakkuk and just started pleading on our knees in fervent prayer saying, do it again, Lord, do it again. And you know, one of the things that I just, it's interesting about the Bible and until preparing these messages recently, I just didn't realize that, uh, you know, I knew 40 days was a big number, but I was just amazed at how many things God did with 40 days. I knew there were some, obviously like Noah and the ark, okay, but I'm going to share several with you here today, and I'm going to talk tomorrow about focusing. What if we focused on God for 40 days and see what he might do in our individual lives and in our churches and in our country? Um, on average, uh, the human life here in the United States lives 2,500, I'm sorry, 25,540 days. 25,540 days, that's uh, the typical amount of days a person lives here in the United States. Now, I know some of you are going to pause and divide that by 365. <laughs> I find out, how many years is that, Greg? But I want to challenge you today. Uh, don't you think maybe it would be wise to say, you know what, I'm going to take 40 days and try to, out of those 25,540, if I'm blessed to have that many, and just kind of in this next season of life here, Okay, um, as we just started February, uh, just want to know, you know, God, what do you want me to do with the rest of my days? And for some of you, that could be several thousand days. Maybe for others, it's it's less than a thousand. Of course, nobody knows when they'll take their last breath. But the fact of the matter is, spiritually, the Bible shows that God just does things quite often for his purposes, and it often took 40 days. We kind of talked about Noah and the ark. Noah's life was transformed by 40 days of rain. First book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 7, verses 4 and 5. Then Moses, the guy that God gave the Ten Commandments, he was transformed by 40 days on Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 24, verse 18. Then in Numbers chapter 13, verses 17 through 25, Moses sent scouts out to explore and gather information about the promised land. Once again, 40 days they were gone to go scout what the promised land looked like. And while these scouts were there, they discovered these vineyards with grapes so big that they cut down a cluster of grapes that was so large it took two of the scouts to carry it on a pole between them. That's some serious grape jelly right there. Can you imagine <laughs> seeing grapes that big? Then, of course, remember David and the Goliath, story of David and the giant Goliath. Um, you know, Goliath for 40 days just challenged the Israelites each morning and each evening. Can you imagine listening to somebody like that, just taunting, talking trash each morning and every night for 40 days? And then because God's ways are not man's ways, he chose a shepherd boy, David. Uh, historians kind of guess he's between 13, 15 years old and took a slingshot with five smooth stones and went and Use that slingshot and hit when those smooth stones hit Goliath right in the temple in the right spot and knocked him down. But you know one of the things that's so powerful about that story, and you know, we hear about that and David and the slingshot. So there's a thing about that that one, I think somebody listening today or watching on our YouTube channel, I want to remind you we have a YouTube channel. 
Hope is here, and then type in my name, Greg Horn, H-O-R-N, and uh, most of our programs are on the YouTube channel, and uh, would appreciate if you would subscribe to our YouTube channel. helps people find us easier. But, you know, I mean, David just had five smooth stones and a slingshot, and yet he used what he has. And for somebody listening today, I believe that you're thinking, you know, I, I can't move this giant in my life because I don't have the right tools. And friends, I believe God wants you to know today that you got what you need. Just work with what you've got and trust God to do the rest. We'll say it again. Just work with what you've got and trust God to do the rest. And friends, he can do just like he did with David. Take a simple slingshot and five smooth stones. I've seen him do that several times in my life after I got over focusing on what I didn't have and started focusing on what I did have. So maybe somebody today listening, you need to know that, and you need to step out faith and move forward and face that giant in your life like David did. Second thing that was so powerful about David, not only did he knock the giant out with that stone and hit him just the giant in the right place with that stone in his temple, there his brain, that he also went over and then while the giant was down and stunned to make sure that maybe he was finished, he took out the Goliath, the giant sword, and cut off his head and killed him. And I know that sounds really graphic and gruesome, and I apologize, especially if you just ate breakfast or lunch and you're listening on the radio, and <laughs> which we're on in the morning, 8.15, and lunchtime, 12.45 p.m. But I think that's such a powerful thing we don't talk a lot about, but I've heard the uh, story shared by pastors, is that you know what? He was making sure this giant wasn't going to come back and get him or hurt anybody else. And I'm thinking about the giant of sin in your life. I'm not speaking necessarily about an individual, even though there could be an individual that's causing you problems in your life, and maybe you're leaving just kind of an open door or window there, or maybe you struggle with credit card debt, and you've gotten rid of all your credit cards except one to your favorite department store because, you know, you get 30% off if you buy stuff. Yet you know that you know you need to pay off your other credit cards. Or, you know, maybe it's like you're trying to lose weight, and yet uh, I know in those seasons where I've tried to do that, yet uh, I keep junk food in the house and give into it at night. So you're like trying to just depend on willpower instead of saying, you know what, I need to get everything out of my house. And sometimes you do like David, you just got to kill the giant, get rid of all the junk food, get rid of all the credit cards, maybe get somebody accountable to be able to watch what uh, you watch online if you're struggling with something like pornography, um, you know, just accountability with whatever it is alcohol same thing um you know we just need accountability we need to slay the giant in our lives whatever it is that might be causing us to sin elijah was transformed with his strength when it uh, after you know he had cr created that great thing the prophets of baal and all and yet it was just some amazing miracle but then jezebel uh, wanted him killed and he was running for his life and in fact, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4, uh, Elijah prayed that prayer that maybe you've been so desperate and exhausted mentally, emotionally, physically, like Elijah, and he just prayed the simple prayer, God, that you know, I might die. I've had enough. Anybody been there before? I have. I have. Yet it says, Bible, that God brought angels to him and fed him this meal that lasted Elijah for 40 days. It was just an unbelievable supernatural meal. And for 40 days, Elijah was able to move and stay on the run. 
and avoid being killed by Jezebel. Once again, 40 days being that key number that God just uses. A lot of us know the story of Jonah and the well. Well, remember the entire city of Nineveh was transformed when God gave them 40 days to change. And so I really think you see a, a trend here about 40 days. Final two stories I'll share with you on 40 days is that Jesus was empowered for his ministry. You know, he got baptized by John the Baptist. The heavens opened up, and God said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And I love that story because Jesus had just been obedient and did what he knew he was supposed to do and get baptized, but he hadn't done any miracles in ministry yet. But because he simply just did the one thing that he knew that God wanted to do, and that was get baptized, God said, Hey, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And I want to ask you today, what is it that God's asking you to do that you just keep putting off? And it could be something as simple as being obedient like Jesus, being baptized, and yet you just keep ignoring it. And yet God's like, hey, man, I've got something else for you. I want to bless you, but you need to do this one thing. Of course, we know then Jesus went out in the wilderness for 40 days, did not eat anything for 40 days. Can you imagine? I struggle sometimes with four hours. <laughs> But then, of course, Satan came and tempted him. But that's when Jesus' heart and mind was getting right. And, of course, each three, each time with those three temptations, he went back and says, this is what God words, God's word said. With the food, he simply said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. And he tempted him with power and testing God. And once again, he goes back, Jesus quoted scripture so if somebody listening to God saying, hey, I want you to focus on Scripture. And I close with that great uh, passage in Psalm 126, verses 4 through 6, where King David, like Billy Graham, remembered how God had delivered the Israelites in the past when he prayed. And now, God, do it again. Bring rain to our drought-stricken lives so those who planted their crops in despair will shout yes at the harvest so those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing i'm greg horn and this is hope is here thank you for listening to hope is here podcast to listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax deductible donation please go to our website hope is here dot today that's hope is here dot today if you have been blessed by Hope is Here, would you consider making a donation to help this ministry continue to reach thousands in Central Kentucky every day? It's simple and safe. Go to our website at hopeishere.today where you can make a safe and secure online donation or you can find our address to mail a check. All donations are tax deductible and they are greatly appreciated. Please make your donation today at hopeishere.today. Again, that's hopeishere.today. Dot today.